What's going on, everybody? This is Ballers on Tap. I'm your host, E. Kells, sitting here with co-host. My name is AJ Williams. Back home, I go by KK, and I hit dingers. <laughs> what it is, what it do, what it ain't. Call me Big Heaven, and I hit dingers. <laughs> That's the celebrity of the week for y'all who uh, yeah. haven't seen old Mike, whatever, or Al. He goes, Ital- by, he goes by Big Al. Big Al's <laughs> Al, some kind of Italian last name, and he hits dingers. The Little League World Series brings out the best videos of the week. But this is Ballers on Tap. We got a good one for you here this week. We're finally, finally getting close to football season. We can start to smell that fall air coming in. It hasn't been over 100 degrees every day here in Georgia. Only a hot 90 degrees, which means we're getting closer to fall. This week, we're going to talk about the Braves, of course, what they've been up to. Um, I'm kind of happy with how they've been looking Hopefully, KK shares the same uh, agreement. And, of course, this being Ballers on Tap, we have to try a new brew. And uh, KK got one today. Probably one you've heard of, but it's relatively new. I have not tried it. So, KK, tell them what we got today. All right. Well, I know usually every week we try like an IPA, a fruity beer, something kind of off the map that you wouldn't usually grab. But today I got the Yingling Golden Pilsner. Now this is Yingling's, I guess, newest beer that's recently came out. Uh, one of my coworkers actually, Rick Worcester, recommended shout out this. Rick. <laughs> shout out to Rick. Recommended this, and um, I've been seeing the billboards, and I've I've always looking for it, but I finally found it today. Um, it, I, it doesn't seem like a beer that'd be hard to find, but I had trouble with it. Where'd you find it today? Kroger. A Kroger. Yeah, they, Kroger. They just had Which, it. I've looked at Kroger plenty of times and I never could find it. Yeah, and Yingling, I mean, they've they've got a couple different flavors. They've got their, you know, their regular just Yingling Lager. They got Yingling Light. Uh, one of my favorites yeah. that I drink a lot, the Dark and Tan. Black and Tan. Or Black and Tan. <laughs> Dark and Tan, Black and Tan, same thing. I like the Black and Tan a lot. I get those a good bit. Um, but I'm in the same boat as you. Have not had this Golden Pilsner. Uh, by the way, I am. A little under the weather this week, so I know my voice is sounding a little weird, but uh, who knows, maybe this Golden Pilsner will, will help out this cold. <laughs> so, describe to them what, what this Golden Pilsner is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a refreshing and smooth beer. But now, you know, uh, a lot of the microbreweries we try and like a lot of the uh, IPAs always have a lengthy description of what you should taste, and but... This is just just your average old bottle. This says Yingling, so I'm I'm curious to see what the difference is. My my take is that it's going to be like a blonde, like you know, uh, Guinness has a Guinness blonde out now, so just a completely different brew from their typical beer. I'm expecting this to be more, I guess, refreshing and lighter. But uh, I mean, I guess that says it right there on the label, refreshing. <laughs> so, I mean, let's try it out and, and see what we say. All right, let's see here. Just from smelling it, to be honest, it smells like a like any regular beer. Yeah, it does. I was just about to say that. It, it smells like college is what it smells like. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. It smells like 
Sounds like Miller Lite, or Bud like, Light. More like, yeah, like Bud or Coors. It's kind of what it reminds me of. So let's let's try this out. Yeah, as far as there's not much flavor. No. It to me it tastes like your your average beer. It's not to, to me, yeah, you could have told me this was a this was Coors or a Bud Light and I would have thought the same. Um I think you're I think I think Miller has a little different flavor than those two, but this one's very similar similar to me at least to cores i think I, the most see I, I, you took the words right out of my mouth that's what i was like i think you're spot on with cores that i mean yeah that's what Bud it smells like more watery yeah this, this, what it but, smells like what it tastes like i i wouldn't be able to tell the difference to be honest with you no this isn't i mean yeah if i'm gonna grab a beer that tastes this way i'm just gonna go with the middle light or some of this the average run-of-the-mill beer yeah, I'm not. I don't think I would go as like, oh, let me get the golden pills. I like it. I mean, I don't not like it. It's just it is what it is. It's everybody out there says they want a good description of the beer, but also everybody out there has had a Coors Light, so <laughs> there's not too much description to go into. I mean, it's it is like smooth. It's I mean, right now it's kind of hot up here. I'm enjoying having a cold beer. Yeah, but there's not a lot to it. It's not something crazy and different. It's Coors Light in a Yingling bottle. Yeah, which I knew, I knew grabbing this beer, I knew there wouldn't be a lot of description as far as from our part because we don't yeah. have uh, a fruity flavor that goes with it. Or I know last week it was there were age in the bourbon barrels. And mm-hmm. We really could taste that, but this is just your average beer. Like, kind of you just sit down and I feel like I'd have one of these like shooting the hooch or something. <laughs> just have a cooler of yeah of this. Something just to drink <laughs> yeah so all right ratings um i mean i'll give you like a six and a half yeah for was, what it is i was gonna go with a seven i yeah. mean it doesn't taste nasty no it's so it's, it's a perfectly fine beer there's just it's not unique at all but to be able to have a fine beer mass produced across the country takes <laughs> take something so yeah we'll go six and a half seven right in there and uh that is our beer of the week yingling golden pilsner try it out if you get the chance also before we jump in we do just want to remind everybody if you have a chance go ahead and subscribe to us on itunes you can also find us on stitcher for you android folks subscribe rate us that helps us out a lot leave a comment if you want you can also find us on our twitter at ballers on tap we are always live tweeting every sporting event you can imagine especially braves games right now and then you can of course find us at www.ballersontap.com so that being said kk let's jump straight into the braves what's been going on with the braves this last week Man, this past week has been incredible for these Atlanta Braves. Two key time. <laughs> well, our last two or three shows, I explained like, yeah, we're still a game and a half back of the Phillies and kind of can't gain ground or gain a game, then we'll lose a game. But this week, you asked me last week, said, hey, what do you think about this series coming in with the Brewers? I'm like, well, you always love a series win. Well, we won two out of three on that one. Now we're playing the Marlins now. We won the first three games of the series. We finished up the series tonight on Wednesday. And going these, for the series. These week. games have been ugly too. 
they have because our offense has been on fire and mainly that man Ronald Acuna he has been electric which I was just saying the other week how do you think he's been after his, <laughs> yeah after that, the leg injury is he crazy. coming back as strong and this last week he's gone off yeah so he's homered in six straight games and in his last eight games he has eight total homers he hit two last night the last three games he's hit a leadoff home run and the last two games on the very first pitch I was watching last night and he's just the pitcher just threw a fastball just trying to get over about 92 miles per hour something easy you can catch up to and he crushed it hit about 415 he is like so dangerous and he has the city so hype he has me wanting to watch every single bat because it's incredible run he's doing yeah you want you want to talk about Tukey yeah Tukey Tukey Toussaint um, another guy we called up another young guy he came in and started the first leg of the doubleheader on Monday. All he did was went six innings, allowed one and run. You can't ask for anything better. I know going into a doubleheader, what you want is you're worried about the bullpen being stressed out, playing two games in one day. Well, Tukey goes six innings, so you only have three innings you had to cover for bullpen. And our game two, Fulte went eight innings. So in two games, the bullpen only had to stress over four innings. And both games, by the way, were pretty much well in hand. So it, it wasn't even stressful pitches that were that they were coming into. So but this offense, man, like right now, it's I've been saying this all year, is like, man, it's so fun to watch, but I think right now it's on a whole nother level. It's at a point where Ronald Acuna, with all these home runs he's hitting, and this is it's not just Atlanta media. This is I woke up this morning. It was a top headline on ESPN.com. Which is rare for Very rare. Atlanta sports to get that top I mean, headline. granted, we did get bumped a couple hours later because the NBA 2K League is adding four more teams because that's <laughs> so important to talk about. But it's, it's countrywide. You have all of baseball tuning in to see this guy and see this team. We're 16 games above 500 right now. That's the highest we've ever been since 2014. So... Right now, man, it's just I'm on a high. I I wake up after a win and I want to listen to the latest sports talk, see what they got to talk about it. But it's it's all around. This whole team is just playing great right now. I'm still iffy about the pitching. I've been iffy about the pitching all year. Um, last night, Anibal Sanchez, who he's been somewhat of a a consistent guy in the in the rotation. He struggled a little bit last night, but because our offense is rolling right now. It didn't show. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't a huge deal. But Nick Markakis, he's hitting 325. Like This man is, he's just he's the definition of consistent. He continues to do it. He goes one one for four one night, two for four. And it, these it's these crucial hits. I know last week we talked about Ozzie and Ronald Acuna. One of the things I kind of stressed on was they're swinging at the first pitch or they'll get two hits, but... The two times they didn't get a hit was when they had a runner in scoring position, kind of just almost playing your way way out of a, scoring some runs. But Nick Marquez and Freddie Freeman, they continued to deliver those clutch hits. Last night, we were down six. We were, it was tied 6-6. What does Freddie Freeman do? He comes in and hits a two-out home run. So now we're up 7-6. And then, of course, our man Acuna hit a three-run homer late in the game. But... Just looking forward, I hope we keep it up. Obviously, like 
I hope we continue this run. I know the Phillies right now are playing the Red Sox. So this is a series we got to take advantage. We're playing the Marlins. They're playing the Red Sox. Yeah. So Phillies and Red Sox play another one tonight. But you got to take advantage of these games when they're playing tough competition and we're playing subpar. And I've said this all year. We got to handle business against these subpar teams. You got to. If you do that, you'll take care of business. So with this last week, playing the way we've been playing, going on this trajectory, are you seeing us making that wild card? A couple weeks ago, remember when I did that? Like I'm all in. I'm all in for the Braves. Then we hit a little skid. Mm-hmm. So, and I was at a point too where I was like, man, I don't even think we're gonna make the wild card. It just kind of seems like it's falling apart. But right now, the MLB benchmark is 90 wins in a season. So right now, Braves have to go 23 and 21 to make 90 wins. 90 wins can either get you the division or most likely it'll give, get you at least one of the wild cards. You got two spots. When you look at it, that's really just going 500, though. I exactly. Mean, that's not so, and it, the if, they, if they win tonight, they only got to go 22 and 21. So it's a game above. I mean, only one game above 500, which is something very doable for this team. As long as they continue to hit, continue to get solid pitching from the starting rotation and bullpen, it's definitely really, really doable. I mean, I want, I don't want to play that wild card game. I don't like it. One game to settle who goes on to the next yeah. round. I've, I've never liked it. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in it. I think the Braves are 0-2 in that wild card game, the two times they've been in it. So I want to win the division, which is very doable. You look at the Washington Nationals, they're eight games back now. Now it's easy to say they're done, but I just feel like there's so much talent on that team. I'm expecting another run out of them. At least one more run. Are you seeing the Phillies beating us out, or do you think the Braves will maybe take that that spot? It's tough right now. The Phillies, they're not hitting, which their pitching staff is great. But you can have a great pitching staff, but if you can't score runs, that's only going to go so far. But the last week the last week of the season, last week and a half, two weeks, we play the Phillies seven times. So those are huge games if we're so sent one and two. Potentially, that's a seven-game swing, depending on who wins that. So that, that'll be huge, and that that's what I'm kind of nervous about. <laughs> but, hey, man, if we just keep taking care of business, get this little lead up, Phillies might die down, kind of give up, and we can ride this out. But, right. I mean, right now, see, I don't want to say it. I don't want to jinx it. Never don't mind. jinx it. Don't yeah, jinx it. I, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything. All right, so this, this upcoming week, we're coming up this weekend. We got the Rockies for four games starting tomorrow. Tomorrow night at home. Rockies are a solid team. They're still in the NL West race and the wild card race. So, of course, being at home, we even be at four game series. You'd love a 2 2 split, but being at home, I want a 3 1. But hey, if you want to even sweep, go right ahead. <laughs> I'll be all down for it. But overall, man, Braves are playing great. We got to continue to keep rooting them on, continue to sell out SunTrust. Um, we're getting great fan support, which, I mean, it's amazing what a good product on the field would do for that. T- TV ratings are up 50% from last year. So, especially this time, too, you know, college, college football, NFL is starting to crank up. And yep. you got other news in the media. But if you got a great baseball team, man, we're going to stick behind you. Well, I mean, I think that's all it is at the end of the day. Is this is the product out there good and 
if it is, we're a fan. So, Braves, keep doing what you're doing. And that's been uh, this week with the Braves. So, <clears throat> looking forward to what we got the rest of the show. And even into next week. We got two weeks until NFL kicks off. Correct. Three weeks till NFL. Three weeks. Two weeks till uh, college. Two weeks till college. Three weeks till NFL. We're going to go ahead. We're going to break down some NFL this week, next week, then have a little prediction game going into week one. But uh, this week, we just want to go through East Division and the NFC and see where we think each team's going to land. So, or how they're going to do. Not necessarily land. We'll see. But let's jump into this NFC predictions. And of course, us being in the South, we're going to jump off with the NFC South. So, first, let's just take a look at what teams we're talking about. So, first off, you are, you know, we have the Falcons in the NFC South. Our biggest rivals, the Saints, Panthers, and the Buccaneers. Which, to me, of course, they're all rivals. I hate all the NFC South teams. Uh, They get my blood boiling more than any (laughs) of the other teams, except maybe the Patriots. But I hate Saints fans, hate Panthers fans. I don't know any Bucks fans, so it's hard to hate them. But I hate some of their team. So let's dive right into it. KK, just looking at those four teams. Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. If you had to go one through four, how do you think they're going to finish out the season? Okay. Well, the NFC South is kind of a, a crazy thing. They've never had a back-to-back far as division winner that's kind of crazy interesting i actually read an interesting article today it's kind of crazy the atlanta falcons carolina panthers and saints since 2005 are only one game apart so as far as i want to say the falcons were 130 and 110 um carolina and the saints were 130 and 109 as far as their record which is crazy crazy and they in comparison you look at the buffalo bills and the patriots they're 80 games yeah. 80 games separate yeah. them as far as wins and losses. I will but, say maybe that's why this division does have these heated rivalries where I hate everybody else because it does feel like going into each week, either team can win. And a lot of times, even if somebody has the season locked up, you know that other teams are going to bring it just to mess up our season. Yeah. I mean, look at two years ago when Carolina was undefeated. Yeah. And I wasn't having that great of a year. And we and we, and we go, showed up yeah. for that last game and – Went at them just to just to mess them up. So yeah, this is a division you can really count on splitting this season series. Mm-hmm. You win at home, you lose away. It's got just kind of one of those things. Well, look at last year, Carolina. They're either them or the Falcons were division favorites. Carolina and Atlanta struggled last year, and Saints, who were predicted to go like six and ten, won the division. Had a good year. Yeah, it's it's very unpredictable. But as far as Looking at these rosters, what I think that can happen, and I think that will happen, I mean, clearly Atlanta has a better roster. So, one through four, you're so saying Atlanta won. Atlanta won. And see, that I would want to say Saints, too, but I think this is one of those years that's kind of kind of weird it's going to happen. I think Carolina's going to be number two. Saint, I think Saints are going to take a little step back. I think they got to 
they got a lot of help last year. Let's just say from their their draft picks, which I'm not saying they're gonna fall off second year, but I don't know. It just kind of seemed different. It just seemed kind of weird to me. So Saints three, and then obviously Tampa Bay four with your boy Jameis Winston. <laughs> My boy Jameis Winston. <laughs> so I do gotta disagree with you a little bit there. As much as I hate them, um, so I mean I'm still going Falcons one because I do like our roster, which we'll jump into here in just a second. But I think Atlanta, all we've done is add pieces. Um, coming out of the Super Bowl year, the other year, we were a little weaker on defense, but of course our offense made up for it. And then last year we had some growing pains, new offensive coordinator. And they just never really seemed to to get on the same page. Matt Ryan and Sarkeesian uh, just never really got going. I think going into the second year, having another full offseason to really work together, I think the offense is going to be just a little smoother. And then we just added even more pieces to our young defense. So I'm taking Atlanta number one, um, biased or not. I don't care. I think just looking at the pieces, Atlanta has to be number one. <clears throat> but I I hate the Saints. I hate, I do too. I I, I absolutely hate the Saints. Hate the like Saints. I I think it's one of those things too. There's so much Saints fans here. Yeah, like mainly because I mean, uh, when Katrina hit, we have a, a I lot, mean, even when yeah. we were in high school, we a had a bunch yeah, of people a lot from of, New Orleans. A lot of New Orleans people came came to Atlanta, and so you just had this like clashing of Falcons Saints. And everything I've heard is you go to a Falcon Saints game, it's a blast. I mean, I know somebody who went to a Falcons game in New Orleans. They said it was all love Sound uh, good. up until game time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, man, I hate the Saints. I hate Drew Brees. Like, I don't <laughs> care. I think if Drew Brees didn't have his ring, it'd be a whole different story. I hate Sean Payton. I mean, there's a reason he got suspended for a year. Like, <laughs> don't get me started on the Saints. But... I think they're number two in the division. I think they're better than than the Panthers. Um, again, we'll jump into the rosters here in just a second. But their addition of Kamara, I think, really revitalized that Game offense changer. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they were getting a little stagnant. And Drew Brees, as much as I hate him, I mean, God bless him. He's like 5'10", 5'11", old dude. And he's still slinging the slinging football. Slinging man. I mean, he's got great, an arm and great quarterback. So I mean, he he can still run that offense, no problem. But then to add, add a little dynamic in the backfield really help them out. <clears throat> I think that that puts them over the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to be interesting. Um, I really don't know what to expect from them. Part in part because Jameis Winston is just not Jameis. Because Cam, Cam Newton yeah. is just so all over the place. He Cam is. he might come out and have his you know, MVP Super Bowl season, or he might come out and just completely fold. And now you've got reports of old teammates coming out saying, man, I just, I just want an accurate quarterback, you know? So people who've played with him haven't necessarily enjoyed their time with Cam KK on the second beer. And I I just think the Panthers are in a little more, a little more turmoil than, than people really think i can agree with that i could definitely see that because you you don't know what you're getting out of cam exactly yeah he'd have an mvp type game and then he'll go out and seven for 21 with a touchdown and two picks yeah and i mean 
Kelvin Benjamin, I mean, he came out and said it. Like, exactly. Kelvin kind of called him out, which was surprising. Because yeah. when they were on the team together, it seemed like those two were the tightest. And uh, now that he's not on the team, he's kind of calling Cam Newton out for not being the quarterback everybody thinks he is. And then, of course, I have the Buccaneers fourth. Jameis Winston. Man, I got issues on the field, off the field. I think as far as the Bucks organization, you don't ever want to give up your first overall pick. Or was he the first over? I think he was first overall, wasn't he? Well, anyway, he, I know he's top five. You're your franchise quarterback. You don't want to give up on him, but you're almost at a point now. It's like, dude, you haven't really progressed. And he had all these issues. Yeah, he hasn't progressed on the field. Off the field, <clears throat> he hasn't progressed. I'm, I'm he thinking, was immature in college. I'm thinking, all right, one incident happens. It's an incident. Three, four incident happens. It's a pattern. And I'm not trying to get into all of it, but all right, crab legs. Stealing the crab legs. Yeah, by itself, man, what are you doing? Come on, that's stupid. Then the whole thing with the student union, standing up, yelling some obscenities. By itself, all right, that's a stupid college kid. And then the whole, of course, the whole kind of date rape, whatever it was down at uh, Florida State. It's all a he said, she said. Again, by itself, it's like, oh, man, you don't know. But then you're kind of looking at it in the big picture. And then all of a sudden, this stuff now with Uber, whatever happened with the Uber driver and he's doing whatever he was doing. Again, one time you might look at it as he said, she said. But all right, you start seeing these, these patterns where, man, like, is this guy going to grow up? And not even grow up. Is he going to start acting like a decent human being? And, I mean, I think it's a bad look for the Buccaneers, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, they were definitely taking a, a chance on him, drafting him with those issues already. And you look at Johnny Manziel, it was the same thing. This guy had all these issues in college. All of a sudden, okay, let's take this same kid and throw a bunch of money at him. It doesn't make those issues better. This makes them worse, yeah. really. Especially if he was a DB or something. And this is a little Colin Cowherd-ish. But it's like, if you're a linebacker, you got a little crazy in you? Mm, okay. Like, I might let it slide. <laughs> I want my quarterback to be... Model like, citizen. Yeah, I want my quarterback to be holding this team together. I don't need my quarterback being the one in the news headlines. Yeah, my hard-hitting safety, he can have some issues off the field. Whatever. I just need him to go out there and, and blow some dudes up. My quarterback, I really need to keep it together, be the face of the franchise, hold this team together, and be a leader. I think the Bucks got got their own issues. So... Again, we differ just a little bit. I got Falcons, Saints, Panthers, Bucks. You got the Saints and Panthers switched. But I want to just jump into, I mean, kind of the the depth charts for some of these teams. See see what you're thinking. I mean, <clears throat> looking at looking at the Panthers. Let's just start there since we're kind of talking about the turmoil they got. You look at their offense. I mean, who who do you think are their best best weapons? Well, Christian McCaffrey is a great weapon. He's kind of your Tevin Coleman, your Alvin Kamara, kind of one of those guys. But I would look to their, as far as their wide receivers, they don't have any. Exactly. But they don't. Greg Olson is your best receiving option. Granted, he's top three tight end in the league, maybe top five. Top five tight end in the league, but. He's also not a spring chicken anymore either. No, he's, he's, he's getting up there. I mean, you have Devin Funches, who's been a career backup pretty much, career number two option and you have Torrey Smith who his whole career 
hadn't lived up to all his hype coming out of the draft. Yeah. So I will say I'm surprised with Christian McCaffrey because, to be honest, he was one I thought he was going to get to the league and just be way, way above his head. Because he's because he's a white running back. He, I mean, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a small little white dude with quick feet, and he's not on the Patriots. Maybe if he was on the Patriots, I would have been like, okay, they're going to make use of him. Going to the Panthers, I was like, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to hang. Yeah, um, I, I he, think they found a, a great um, medium as far as where he fits in with yeah. the scheme and the team. I think they've done a great job with that. But, yeah, looking at this offense. I mean, there's nobody other than Cam and Christian. Yeah, I mean, there's not much and, upside. I, and Greg Olson. Yeah, I mean – by far, your best offensive player is Cam Newton, and then it goes to Greg Olson. And then I would probably put Christian McCaffrey in there. Yeah, but it's it's not an impressive roster. And that's no. this reason right here is why I have the Saints above the Panthers, just, just because of that. And then, I mean, you look at their defense. Yeah, of course, they've got Luke Keekley, who, I mean, he is a force out there. But um, he's also guaranteed to miss two, three games a year. Yeah, he's probably going like to get a concussion. Up. Yeah. Um. They got so they got Nontari Poe now. They did. He's a he's a. I mean, we both know him with Atlanta last year. He is a force inside. He ain't gonna make much tackles, but he's gonna clog up the middle. Yeah. And then Julius Peppers is in there as well. So, I mean, I think I think their defense is sitting prettier than their. Oh their yeah, it definitely is. I think their defense would be pretty solid this year. So that I love their linebacking core with Shaq, Thomas Davis. Yeah. And Luke. And Luke Keith, like so that's said. where I see, okay, Falcons go play Panthers. Okay, I can see their defense giving us a little bit of trouble, whereas I'm not as worried about that offense. Yeah, but then again, you never know what's going to get out of Cam. Exactly, exactly. He could, he could also get out of the pocket. To me, he he's like he's the most bipolar quarterback in the league. That, whereas, mm, I'm going to throw today. Yeah, or he, mm, I'm going to I'm going to run today. Yeah, exactly. And he might he might throw bombs downfield and. He might be hitting these tight windows crossing the field, or he might be throwing it two yards behind the receiver, and you just don't know. So, I mean, that's just looking at the Panthers roster. Let's jump over to the Saints real quickly. Saints, again, you got to start with Drew Brees. Mm -hmm. So, of course, he's the, the veteran. He knows that offense in and out, and I think everybody on that team respects him. So, he, he is able to lead that team. And then, I mean, that running back duo back there, to me, that's like the Falcons. You got Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Is that thunder and lightning. Exactly. That's Mark Ingram's your, you know, Devontae Freeman, bang it in there, and then Kamara comes in and just takes off. So, I mean, that running back core really worries me if I'm an opposing team. And then they got Ted Ginn Jr. as well, uh, our, yeah, our receiver. He's your deep threat. And Michael Thomas on the other other side of the field, wide out. I mean, he's great. He's top 10 receiver in the league. Yeah, I think he's great. Ben, they got Ben Watson as their tight end, former Georgia dog. I think he's solid tight end piece. Yeah, that, that Ted Ginn is kind of scary because that's just that's just straight speed. Yeah, right that's, there. that's all it is. I mean, he, he will drop a few balls, but he'll also get downfield yep. 40 yards and take off. So. All right, and then looking at their defense, they got your boy, Manti Teo, <laughs> Mr. Notre he act, Dame. He actually had a good year last year. He I did. Think, I think he kind of revived his career. Yeah, he he's found his way a little bit. You know, he started off with the Chargers and had some hints of 
being very solid and then also had some hints of not showing up. Um, but I agree with you. I think that I think he showed up and looking at it though, I don't, I don't, I'm not scared of their defense. See, I would counter that. I think this defense is very good. I mean, they're and why is that? They're good last year. Well, I just think how I said Marshawn Lattimore is a rookie last year. He's going to be great this year, second year. Look at their linebacking core: AJ Klein, Alex Anzalone. Anzalone is also a second year guy. So these guys are just getting better. And you still got Cameron Jordan down there on the line. He's a force. I know Falcons always struggle blocking him. Sheldon Rankins. He's a good defensive tackle. He's going to lock up the nose. So I think this defense is actually pretty darn good. So that's kind of a scary thing to yeah. think about. But it's not a superstar defense is something I would I would actually see in the in the Falcons. I'm sure we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh let's jump to the Bucks real quick. And now you look at the Buccaneers, they should be something. Right? You got Jameis at quarterback, Peyton Barber at running back. You've got Mike Evans at receiver, Deshaun Jackson at receiver. I mean, their offense should be something am I, on paper, right? Yeah, you look you look at it and say, yeah, this, they got great skill position, great skill guys. But their offensive line, I'm not sure about the offensive line, which it all starts there. You can't protect the quarterback. He can't get it out to Deshaun exactly. Deep and Michael Evans. Because I agree, yeah, looking at this offense, like, man, this – yeah, that that'd be pretty good. My favorite guy on this offense is uh, Mr. Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah, I mean, and he gets <laughs> he gets a lot of playing time. He they got him listed as the backup, but they they switched them out a good bit. And he's a he's a very real threat in the backfield. He's small, but he can he can run that ball. Um, yeah, that line doesn't protect Jameis, and then I think a lot of it does come down to Jameis is just not progressing in terms of reading the defenses before the play kind of seeing the coverage knowing what's going to happen I think that's what makes a a good athlete into a great quarterback and now when he was in college it's weird because he seemed like a very smart player but the NFL I don't know if it's the way they're they're covering their schemes or what but it just seems like he he's not able to kind of read that before the play defense I mean yeah because college you can pretty much whatever the coach calls you can pretty much run that play but NFL it's so complex you might call in a play but you might have three or four different options little variations of that same play mm-hmm. that the kind of Jameis or the quarterback is in charge of seeing reading the defense before the snap kind of switching you guys which I mean I think Peyton Manning is probably the best at that as far as just reading a defense pre-snap knowing what they're going to do knowing what they're running and getting that offense in the right play. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, and I'm not – quarterback, that's probably – it's the most difficult position in sports, period. I really think that. Because yeah, all, that, all that stuff you got to know and read, I mean, that – it's stressful. Like, when I when I think about it, it's like, man, you got to know all that stuff. You got to know what – You have to be able to – you have to be able to option out one of your receivers based on the coverage that's on him. I yeah. mean – Realistically, you could call out four different things for each player within one play. It's, I mean, it's crazy how much knowledge they have up there. Yeah, and it's not like playing Madden where you can, oh, what is he running? You pull up the play play <laughs> art before you hit snap. 
you got to know what all 11 guys are doing, all 10 other guys are doing. You got to know what, what side your running back's protecting you on if he's running a route, what uh, slide the line that they're going left or they're yeah. going right. You got to know all that stuff. So, I mean, it's tough. I'm looking at this offense. I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. It just seems like they're not going to be able to put it together. No. But looking at the defense, I mean, you got Jason Pierre-Paul over there on one end. You have Quan Alexander, Brent Grimes, Chris Conti. Again, it's a it's a decent defense as well. Which they've always had a decent, pretty good defense. It's weird. But it's because their offense is never on the field. They're the on defense, the field all the time. Yeah, and I think they kind of get worn it's, out. It's weird looking at these, just looking at these rosters. It's almost tempting to say, hey, the Bucks are going to do better than the Panthers. Yeah, it does. Their roster looks better than the Panthers. Yeah, but I agree. for some reason, I just can't put them up there. Yeah, because, yeah, looking at their defense, I mean, it looks great. But then again, if you're on the field the whole time, it doesn't matter how good your defense is, they're going to get worn down. Exactly. So, I mean, we're in a little disagreement on some of these, but NFC South, I think, is probably going to be the most exciting division to watch. Um, I think, like we said, just each team can show up each game and, and beat out their rival. So that's our take on the NFC South. We'll see how the season plays out, but Hey, it's going to be a fun one. So that being said, let's go ahead and just jump straight into the NFC North. Okay. So the NFC North, the four teams you got that we're looking at, you got Packers, bears, lions, and Vikings. Oh my. So, same thing. One through four. Who do you got? All right, one through four, right off the jump. Minnesota, one. Green Bay, two. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Chicago, three. Oh Lions, four. Yeah, we're, we're way different on this one. <laughs> I, I, got, I got a little faith in Mitchell Trubisky. And my boy Roquan got him on the defensive side now. Finally got him signed, and he's in camp now. And Detroit... They just haven't improved their roster much. I feel bad for my boy Stafford. You know, I'm always pulling for him, but he can only do so much. I mean, it happened to Barry Sanders, happened to Calvin Johnson. You know, great players go play in Detroit, and then they're just never able to do anything with them. But Minnesota, I think they're number one. For one, they upgraded a quarterback with Kirk Cousins. I do believe that was an upgrade. I know people like to give him crap, but... I think that was an upgrade, and they still got that great defense that led them to 14-2 and last year in the NFC Championship game. Green Bay, their roster doesn't look good. I, I mean, I'll, I'll say that right now. It doesn't look good, but you got a bad man at quarterback, and that's Aaron Rodgers. And I think anything can happen with him being quarterback, as long as he stays healthy, which he's had the problem of late. I know. Staying his, one of his worst seasons was when he was uh... – a. Dating Olivia Munn, everybody blamed it on him having a girlfriend. And you yeah, know man. now, now hate, he hates on my girl Olivia. You know now he's got Danica Patrick taking up his time. Downgrade, by the way. I think, <laughs> I think Olivia. I think Olivia looks better. I mean, I don't think you're gonna get an argument on that. <laughs> it's not a hot take. I mean, Danica, right Danica looks all right, but Olivia's better. Well, yeah, one's <laughs> an athlete and one's a, an actress. It's usually <laughs> what happens. But so you got. So right now you got Vikings, 
Yeah, Vikings at one. Packers. Packers, Bears, and Lions. Bears and Lions. So kind of went out on a limb on the. I feel like Bears and Lions kind of a toss up. I think the Bears will win six games. How much? At least. All right, so we differ a good bit on this one. I think the Packers pull out number one. Um, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, man. I don't even know why he's still there. Like, he needs to go somewhere. Cause, and let's put this out there. I, I do not like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's a great teammate. <laughs> you don't but, think he's a great quarterback? He's he's I right. man. What the heck? No, he's good. Like he he's very accurate. I'll give him that. <laughs> he's very accurate. He's very <laughs> accurate. He can hit those tight windows. But for how good everybody says he is, he's not able to lead a team. And even old teammates have come out and said that too. Like Aaron's not a locker room guy. He's a keep to himself and just kind of standoffish guy. I mean, he's there to well, play football. He's not really there to. You know, try to lead his team to greatness. Well, you've heard all these things where he's pretty much cut off his family, mm-hmm. like his immediate family. Doesn't talk so, to his brother. Yeah, so you you are his parents. You already think like, what the heck, like what's up with that? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know anything about his personal life, but you already think that's weird anyway. And he he does seem like a guy even on the sidelines. Like he's not talking to people. He's yeah, he's kind of his own thing. If if he wasn't in the State Farm commercials, you wouldn't know anything about yeah. him other than his NFL player. Exactly, because he kind of. He's just eh, like whatever. It almost, it almost looks like he doesn't care. I think he needs to bring him back the belt, the championship belt. You gotta be a champion to have the championship. <laughs> I belt. think I think he needs to bring it back, and I think they'll anyway, be a little bit better. This is me saying I do not think the Packers are that great, but I think this division is kind of all over the place. That I still think kind of that veteran experience, and to be honest, he's been quiet for a little bit. I think Packers are due for for one of those years where they, they kind of show people who they are again. So I think the Packers coming out number one. Then I got the Vikings with your boy, Kirk Cousins, which I do like that pickup. I mean, I thought the Redskins kind of kept, you know, they like to franchise tag him. I mean, I thought he performed for him. So, yeah, you saw. I mean, I don't think he's great, but to have a – guy in the NFL who can win games for you is rare. There's half the league is looking for a quarterback. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like really only the top fourth of the league has a franchise quarterback. Yeah, you might 10, maybe 12 teams, probably not even that much, exactly. have a quarterback they're like this is our focused guy. on. Yeah. yeah. So it's Kirk crazy. Cousins, I mean, I'm glad he he's on a team now. Um and I think I think the Vikings will be solid. So I don't I don't hate your having them at number one. I just think it's time for the Packers to kind of make a comeback here. Um, and then looking on, man, the, the bottom two spots are actually really tough. But I got to go. Tough. I go Detroit just because, I mean, Matt Stafford, he's been there. Marvin Jones, been there. Golden Tate, been there. Like, they, they've they've been around the block a couple times. You know, so even Darius Slay on defense, like there's there's some solid pieces. Granted, yeah. it's Detroit management's not the best. Say what you will, but there's some very solid pieces on that team. All that being said, so I got Chicago last, but I actually wouldn't hate to see Chicago do well. Um, I'm glad they got Mitch Trubisky. 
I don't think he's going to be that great. But anything so Jay Cutler is not in a Bears uniform anymore because <laughs> I think he's destroyed that franchise. They stuck with that man way too long. I mean, I remember, you know, being younger and they were they were always decent and they had those great defenses with Earl Acker. And they, they always kind of switched around at quarterback, but they were solid enough. I think Jay Cutler, man, he's just a drain on that franchise. And they stayed on to him about three or four years longer than they needed to. So I think Mr. Trubisky is their guy going forward. I just don't think it's their time yet. And then, of course, I mean, their defense has some familiar faces to us. You know, Roquan Smith, guys guys that we watch at Georgia, Leonard Floyd. So, Well, I, I think that's what's going to help the Bears a lot is their defense. I think their defense is going to be pretty good. Well, they're one of those franchises, oh, histor- said, historic franchises, yeah. where that's where their strength has been. And it, they haven't had great defenses. Like I just said, after Erlacher left, they they haven't had that defensive player. And I think they're building building up. I like the direction they're going. I just think it's too early. So okay. so I got, like I said, Packers, Vikings, Lions, and then Bears. The last thing about the Packers before we move on, I want their defense. Their defense has been terrible the last couple of years. I mean, yeah, you guys got Clay Matthews, but he hadn't been much of anything really since yes. the Super Bowl they won. So we got to see. They definitely got to work in their defense. And and I was I was already thinking this, and then you said it. My whole thing with the Packers is all based on Aaron Rodgers' health because it is up and down. You never know. So everything centered around is that man playing, I'm saying at least 14 games. I'm not he doesn't even have to play 16. Just just get like 14 in. Yeah. And let's see how it goes. I mean, yeah, cuz he's he's broken that collarbone bone a couple times. Yeah. So it's almost one of those things he gets hit, it's broke again. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting interesting to see though. I mean, now we say this every week, the best thing about it is we get to watch it. Yeah. Watch we, it all play out. We get out. to watch it. So that is the NFC North. But before we get to the other divisions, it's that time again. It's time for the Hangover of the Week. Hangover of the Week. All right. Well, Hangover of the Week is something we bring to the table every week. We'll both have a have a story. And pretty much a hangover. You know when you, you go out at night on the town drinking, and the next morning you got a hangover. And it's your number one goal for that day before you get anything else done is to get rid of that. So these are stories you've heard all over ESPN, all over the sports media that we're just tired of and we're trying to get rid of. We're looking for Pedialyte, looking for water to water it down, get us hydrated because we're sick of hearing about it. So what I bring to the table this week is actually something that happened today as of Wednesday. Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback out of Jacksonville Jaguars, lockdown corner. I'll give him that. Top five corner in the league. Third year in the league, I believe. He had a article published in GQ magazine about opposing quarterbacks around the NFL. And let's just say he was honest. Very honest. He didn't hold anything back. So I got my co-host. He's going to read off the quarterback names of all the quarterbacks that he talked about. And I'm going to give his response. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. We're going to start at the top and work our way down. This again, this is Ramsey's responses. Number one, Allen. He's trash. Mayfield. Gets how he was a top pick. Jackson. He's going to do a good job. Flacco. He sucks. 
Rodgers. Doesn't suck. Brady. Doesn't suck. Taylor. Underrated. Mariota. Good game manager. Garoppolo. Guess he's good. Watson. Will be an MVP. Wentz. Will be an MVP. Goff. Average to above average. Prescott. He's okay. Cousins. He's a winner. Wilson. Good. Roethlisberger. Decent at best. That's my quarterback, man. Manning. Odell makes him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bortles. His own quarterback. Blake do what he got to do. Foles. Good enough to win Super Bowl. (laughs) Breeze. Really good. Luck. Don't think he's good. Stafford. He's straight. Tannehill. Haven't heard good things. Matt Ryan. Your quarterback. Overrated. So he went through all these, and really the only good one he got, good response, was Drew Brees. Really good. Because even Brady and, and uh, who the other one got? Oh, even Brady and Aaron Rodgers, who I'm all over, he always said was doesn't suck. So it's almost, I mean, yeah, you're saying all these things, but it's not something I would say because now you kind of have a target on your back. And it's not just a quarterback has a target on your back. It's the whole team. Because the whole team is going to defend their own quarterback, including the wide receivers, who you have to match up against. So, I know it's a new story, but I don't want to say I'm tired of hearing it about it because I haven't seen it all over the place, but it's something that I don't want to see. I don't want to hear about it. Like, it's trash talk in the preseason. And I, I think he kind of went over the line as far as calling out all these guys. I mean, yeah, I get it. He was being truthful and honest. But I love Golden Tate's response, wide receiver, defending his quarterback for the Lions, Matthew Stafford. Golden Tate said, when did we play this guy? Two years ago? And if you guys remember, Jacksonville lost the Lions that game two years ago. And this was the game Jalen Jalen Ramsey was famously crying on the sideline, saying, I'm tired of losing. Which, in that moment, you kind of understand where he's coming from. It's like, man... I'm tired of losing, but but it's great for an NFL guy to show that passion for the game. Cause I know we talk about, I'm more college guy near more the NFL guy because at times for me, NFL guys that, Hey, I'm getting a check. It don't matter. We're all dapping each other up at the end of the game. We all making millions. We're all hanging out. But for him showing that competitive edge, I understand we're both former athletes. We kind of get it, but this is a story. I don't want to see it. So now you know what the deal is, right? Every single quarterback that was on that list, now you're taking time out of their training camp or their preseason camp. Yep, they're going to get the after, question. After practice, hey, Matt, what do you think of Jalen Ramsey's comments? Hey, Ben, what do you think of Ramsey's comments? Hey, anybody yeah. who is on that list is going to be asked that. Yeah, and the best response, to be honest, I mean, Josh Allen, this is probably what every quarterback's going to say. They asked Josh Allen. He said, that's the first I've heard of it. He's not on my team. He's not my teammate. It don't bother me. I mean, yeah. that's these guys are worried about the preseason. They don't care what some, you know, defensive player on another team has to say about them. Which is true. I mean, it's the preseason again. I mean, hell, Jalen Ramsey just got suspended from his own team <laughs> for cursing at the media. So, yeah. I've never had anything against a guy until kind of today. Yeah. Well, but, well, that's my hangover of the week. Evan, what, we, what you got? All right. So, mine's going to be short. Simple, to the point. And uh, this is, I mean, this is a true hangover of the week. Um, 
because I've just been seeing it all over the place here just when the, within the last couple of days. NFL teams, as we know, it's preseason. They'll travel to other training camps and they'll practice with teams and they're they're getting ready for their preseason games, which, you know, a lot of this preseason is really just to cut down the roster to your final roster. I mean, I mean you, you watch Hard Knocks and to me that shows entertaining because you see guys really trying to make the team and that's where the drama is. I mean, that's all the preseason is for. I don't pay any attention to the actual games. Falcons can go 0-4. I don't care because it's preseason. It means... Matt Ryan was out there for maybe four quarters in the whole preseason. Like, yeah. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me. These guys aren't, one, they're not going 100%. Two, they're not showing everything. So I don't care about the preseason games other than for the coaches to make their cuts. What I'm sick of are these NFL teams having these joint practices. Now, as a fan, at first, it sounds really cool because fans are invited to these open practices. So... I remember a few years ago when the Falcons were on Hard Knocks, they went to the Texans and you saw our our young offensive lineman, Jake Matthews, battle it out with J.J. Watt. And it was this awesome battle. And it's cool to see as a fan, but is it really that productive? And I'm going to say no. I'm sick of NFL teams doing these joint practices because at this point, it's really just becoming a distraction. So just within the last week, there was a huge video come that came out where the Jets and the Redskins were doing joint practice. And after the play, somebody threw hands at somebody else. It turned into a massive team brawl, which we have been a part of. And it's just every man for himself. And you just have helmets and hands flying. Except this time, I mean, this thing spilled over into where the fans are. I mean, players... It's not football. It's just a fight in the summer. It's the middle of the heat. These guys are going hard. They're practicing against guys they don't like. You're training these guys to go into battle, and then here they are. They have a chance to battle. That's what they're going to do. And then also now you have a fight at the 49ers and the Texans joint practice. I just don't think these are doing anything for anybody. I think it's cool to see how your talent matches up with their talent. And, yeah, it might give the coach something to look at. But I think it's becoming more of a distraction than it is a positive interaction for the teams. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I my opinion on NFL preseason is, for one, it's too long. So, for me, have maybe two preseason games. I can see even three. Yeah. Go three. Have those. And do. The joint practices, I mean – I guess you can match up with the other team. I guess that's why you do it. So, but yeah, I mean, I feel like this year is the the most like altercations we've seen. I, I feel like now it's almost every day. It is. Like every day a, a new one comes out. That's why it's my hangover because every day that's all I'm hearing about is what fight happened at what practice. And look, like I said, I mean, we've been there. You get in fights at practice. It is what it is. But when it's these joint practices and all the media is coming down on you, it's just, I don't care if two receivers on my own team fight. That is what it is and can be handled internally. When it's two teams fighting, at that point, it just becomes non-productive. I agree. I totally agree with you. So, like I said, I was going to keep it short, sweet. My hangover, I'm tired of hearing about these fights. 
I think these joint practices are stupid and really uncalled for other than just to bring fans into the open practice and maybe make some money off of burgers and beer. So burgers and beer, burgers and beer, the American dream. (laughs) So that is my hangover of the week. Moving on. We're going to go ahead. We'll jump straight into the NFC East. Maybe the most exciting division I mean to me the NFC South but of course I'm biased I think there's a lot of rivalries but uh the NFC East let's say instead of the most exciting maybe the most interesting yeah most and most probably uh most popular we could say that oh yeah I think they they probably have the biggest franchises total so looking at the Cowboys Giants Eagles Redskins same thing What's your one through four? One through four. I have Philly coming out at one. And this is where I kind of surprised people right here. I got Redskins coming at two. Dallas at three and Giants at four. That's just me. (laughs) Eagles, they pretty much got the same roster they had had last year. I don't think overall they're not going to go. Well, they go 14 and two, I believe. They won't go 14-2 and two this year. I don't think they'll be as good as last year. Washington, obviously, I think they're going to be very improved. Giants, yeah, you got Saquon, but I still don't really see much out of that. And Dallas, you have Dak Prescott and a great offensive line. And, of course, you got Zeke. But other than that, I don't see much. You lost Des Bryant. Didn't really replace him with anything. So, so you got – so one more time, you got – Eagles, Redskins, Cowboys, then Giants. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I got to disagree with you there. Um, I agree with you atop. Eagles, I mean, they're the Super Bowl champs, which they're they're the weirdest ones in a while. They don't feel like the Super Bowl champs. They, you know, last year they got behind the whole underdog thing and their fans were wearing the underdog mask to the games. It's weird. They still kind of feel like that, but... They won a Super Bowl, and people know they're they're coming. They're a legit team. Um, plus, you know, you got Carson Wentz back, so they actually have their starting quarterback, Alshon Jeffrey, Jay Ajay. I mean, they're they're a solid team. And then even looking at their defense, you know, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, you know, Ronald Darby, they're Malcolm Jenkins back there. They're they're le- the legit team. I think here they're the team to beat. After that, I know you like the Redskins. I got to go Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? I mean, I hate the Cowboys. And I, I do, just always, I think, I, I do too. I think they, I think in the NFL, I don't know. I just, I just hated on the Saints fans forever. But man, Cowboys fans. Yeah, they're terrible too because they're, they're the, it's, they're Ameri- so it's America's, America's team. I think that's what I hate the most. America's team. And then you ask him when the last time they won a Super Bowl. You know, they haven't been relevant. Not, not, not in our, as far as us no. paying attention to NFL. They haven't been relevant since the 90s. Mm-mm. You know, I mean, even the whole Romo era, they never did anything. So, Cowboys fans, they are where they are. But I think the Cowboys take that second spot. Um, just, I really like Dak Prescott. I mean, I liked him in college. I like him now. He came in his rookie year, 
took over, basically forced Romo into retirement. Um, I I like Dak a lot. I like Ezekiel Elliott a lot. That offensive line is sick. And a big part to me is Des Bryant's not on the team anymore. Mm-hmm. As great as Des Bryant was, he also had that, you know, hey, kid, you better get me the ball. But then he also couldn't create separation. He couldn't run his routes. So I think now it's really Dak's team. I think it was Dak's team, but Des Bryant, the veteran, he's sitting there always kind of has something to say. He's out of there. I think this is like a they're gonna have some new energy out of that. I mean they still got Cole Beasley. Like they're they're solid. So I really like that Cowboys offense. As much as I hate to admit it, I like it. All right. I wanna stop this. We're going to do something special on the show this week. We got a live look-in on the Braves game. They're playing right now. It's August the, 15th. August 15th. It's the bottom of the first. And like I said earlier, I'm so interested in seeing what Ronald Acuna does each at bat. He's about to step into the batter's box. Let's see what he does. We'll see if he has a leadoff home run. Nine home runs in nine, nine games. Is something very, very interesting to watch. So he's stepping in the box right now. First pitch. Oh, wow. They threw at him. He got hit in the first pitch. That's ridiculous. Acuna has his helmet off. He's staring at the pitcher. The pitcher's staring at him, too. He got hit right in the elbow. 97-mile-per-hour fastball, by the way. Benches are clearing. Okay, yeah. The pitcher's pitchers jawing at Brian Snicker. This is crazy. First pitch of the game threw right at him with 97. It's on purpose. You can tell by the, the the behavior of the pitcher. Oh, wow. I think it hit his hand. This is... So they just said he's trying to make a statement. That's not called for, but he's trying to make a statement. What statement is he saying? Well, for one, Miami Marlins, you're 20, 30, 25 games under 500. See, what makes me mad now is that Acuna is down holding his hand like it might be injured. What statement are you saying? Hey, man, you're better than me, so I'm going to hit you? This is totally uncalled for. Yeah, this isn't like he celebrated in his face. A couple innings ago, came back. This is- oh, okay. So it did hit his elbow. I thought it hit his hand. So that that's kind of good. Kind of good news. He threw directly at him. See this. This is messed up. Like, what if he is injured for a long period of time? Looks like the first player out of the dugout was Ender Enciarte. And I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'd love to see that because when it is something uncalled for, 
Yeah, your teammates need to come out, support you on that. Do you think this is automatic ejection? Yeah, it should be, but it doesn't look like it's going to be. I'm, I'm praying he's not hurt, for real. Man, I wish I was at the game. Yeah, Brian Snicker was in the face of the Marlins pitcher. All right, as it as it looks right now, it looks like I don't know if they're going to eject him. I don't think they are. I think that's why Snicker's so fired up. The Marlins are out now. This is crazy. Our first live look in. Yeah, benches are cleared again. They're standing on the pitcher's mound. Bullpens are being cleared now. Here comes the Braves bullpen. That, that's the thing. The, it wasn't hid. Like he clearly threw at him and on the first pitch. But he's throwing at him not – there wasn't a celebration. He's throwing at him because he's just too good. Yeah, that's the thing. Acuna, he hasn't been obnoxious with the bat flips or anything as far as on this run. Yeah, they ejected Brian Snicker, so he was ejected, but the pitcher wasn't. I mean, I think this is piss poor on these umps for not throwing him out. It is. So now, do you not think one of the Marlins is going to get hit? Oh, you know it's coming, but you know what's going to happen too, right? Then our, our pitcher's going to get thrown out. Exactly. It's just not right. Umps are meeting right now. They're, they're discussing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you like to see this the fieriness. I mean, this it sounds bad, but this is what makes baseball more popular. As far as seeing this, but I mean, it's it's still uncalled for. Hell, even throw one inside. All right, he's okay. Out there. They just threw the okay. pitcher out of the game. Here comes the Marlins manager now, Don Mattingly. He's arguing now. Yeah, 
Ronald Acuna, he does it like he's staying in the game. He's on first base now. Okay, so I'm fine now. Your yeah. has been tossed. I'm fine if the Braves don't necessarily have to take a shot now. Your is out no, there. Yeah. I think they still might, but your is out of there. He's walking off the field from his spot on first base. The Marlins will have to bring in a relief pitcher who I assume will have as much time as he needs to get ready. Well, Ronald can get some treatment. Well, exactly right. Yeah, on the Braves broadcast right now, they're saying the same thing. Acuna hasn't done any showboat, which even then, I'm still not wild about baseball. Oh, this guy showboated. I'm going to beat him with a 100-mile fastball. I mean, that yeah. can cause some damage. But that's kind of the way things are. Acuna hasn't done any of that. Acuna's gone out there. His bat's been on fire, and he's running the bases. Yeah, he's not doing crazy showboating. This this is literally a case of you're too good. I'm going to take you out. It's yeah, it's piss poor. I mean, is, what it what yeah. it is. And now Acuna is in the dugout. He's he's sitting. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping he's getting treatment and he's going to come back out while the Marlins bring in a reliever. But you don't know. So man, that it's, so we did a live gets me fired up. Live look in now, and uh, man, I yeah, I was wanting to go out there and fight for the Braves. So live look in first pitch of the game, Acuna gets beaned and uh, pitchers out, Snickers out. Bench is cleared. Yeah. It wasn't a brawl, but um, don't be surprised if Braves throw one back. So. <laughs> Man, we got we to gotta watch this game. <laughs> so. So, getting back to this. We're talking about the NFC East. Yeah, and I got I got Cowboys um, over the Redskins. But I was going to say, I see why you put the Redskins over the Cowboys. Because looking at this roster, I mean, it's nothing to laugh at. They got Alex Smith, who I think Alex Smith can win you games. I I think he's the premier game manager quarterback. Yeah, he is. He's not gonna. I don't think he's gonna necessarily win you a game. In terms of, I don't think he's gonna come from behind and lead your team. But I I don't think he makes any dumb decisions. I think Alex Smith is a very smart quarterback. I think this was a good good move. Um. I, I kind of like the Redskins roster, so I can see why you put them. But again, I think the Cowboys have a w- way more weapons on offense. And then last, yeah, I'm gonna go to the Giants. Um, they got the big names, okay? They got Eli Manning, who I think is done. I mean, <laughs> Eli is not. <laughs> I do too. You got Odell. I think he's a wreck. He's he's a great on field talent, but he's a wreck. And then Saquon coming in, he might have an immediate impact on this team, but I don't think it's enough to overcome all the other weaknesses. I, I, 
I'm almost wishing he was on any other team. Yeah. Other I, than the Giants. I yeah. think I think it's almost time. I'm surprised they're talking about, you know, that big deal with Odell Beckham because I thought it was almost time to kind of blow this thing up. Eli it's needs to move on. Him, Odell needs yeah. to move on. Like, just kind of restart the offense. But it looks like they're they're holding on for all that they can. So Saquon's going to add a little something there. Of course, uh, Alec Ogletree, our, our guy, he's over on the defensive side. So, I mean, Giants aren't even – I don't think they're terrible this year, but they're not – they don't hold a, hold a candle. Yeah, in this I don't division. think they'll be as good as, or as bad as last year, but I don't still don't see them making noise. Yeah. I think they still got two or three more years as far as drafting players and kind of rebuilding. Exactly. So, that's what we're looking at. Again, I got Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, Giants. You got Eagles, Redskins, Cowboys, Giants. So, mm-hmm. just a little flip-flop there in the middle. And – Last but not least, let's go ahead and jump into the NFC West. To me, probably the weakest of any of these. Well, let me back up a little bit. Looking at the NFC North and the NFC West, I guess I got to put NFC West a little above the NFC North. What do you think? As far as better division? Yeah. Yeah, I'd put the West over. Now, what's crazy to me is... Five, six years ago, eight years ago, man, NFC West was was nasty. Mm-hmm. When the 49ers and the Seahawks were both at the top of their game and the Cardinals are still somewhat solid, NFC West was something to be reckoned with. I don't think they're there anymore. But let's, uh, let's kind of run through this NFC West and finish this thing up. Okay, again, last but not least, NFC West. Four teams you got. We got 49ers, Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. KK, what's your order there? All right. Number one in the NFC West, it's got to go to the Rams. Stat roster added from last year. Didn't really lose anybody. Number two right here, I'm going with the 49ers. I have faith in Jimmy Garoppolo. Hot take. <laughs> I have faith in him. Number three, I go oh, with Seattle. Jimmy what? Garoppolo. Okay. <laughs> Number three, I go with Seahawks. They're on the decline. I think they're they pretty much blew up their Legion of or, Boom. Yeah, Legion of Boom. Pretty much blew that up. And then coming in fourth is Arizona card. I think Arizona and Seattle will battle for the third spot. I think it'll be kinda even. Okay. For that. But I think the Rams are leaps and bounds of head of the of head of these teams. Which is crazy to say because even when they're in St. Yeah. Louis, when has the Rams ever been this relevant now I agree with you somewhat the top pretty similar I got the Rams again they were rocking and rolling last year Todd Gurley is doing his thing I mean I'm 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 not surprised but I am with how much of an immediate impact he's had on that team so I mean again it's not like he's a rookie or anything but man I mean Todd Gurley He's made waves. He he's a he's a legit running back in this league. So I gotta go Rams. I'll go 49ers as well. Garoppolo is he looked amazing last year. I think I do think he's really good. Um Bill Belichick, to be honest, wanted Garoppolo to be his quarterback. I think I think Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick was ready to move on from Brady. And uh 
Robert Kraft just was not. Okay, just want to – sorry, little no. interjection. Ronald Acuna did stay in the game. Okay. He's back in the game. All right, so that's good news. Everything looks like it's all right. Good news for Braves fans. Back to this. Again, Garoppolo, I think – I don't think last year was a fluke. I mean, he came in and went undefeated. I don't, I don't – I mean, obviously, he's not going to go undefeated, but I don't think that was a fluke. Bill Belichick wanted Garoppolo – and I think that's caused kind of the rift. I think that's the root cause of this whole, you know, Patriots have a lot more drama this year than previous. Um, so Garoppolo and, I mean, that 49ers defense is somewhat solid. Yeah, I, I would say that is the most suspect yeah. thing as far as the team. I think they'll – because I think they'll be pretty good on offense. Yeah, they, I mean – They don't have many weapons, but – don't. I mean, Pierre Garçon, he's been in the league a long time. He knows what he's doing. Jarek McKinnon, you know, our guy from Southern. Yeah, him so, and Matt Breida. Yeah. The two top running backs went to Southern. Yeah, so that's – I mean, I'm going to root for that just to – I mean, I want to see them succeed. So, I think the 49ers will be good. I think if the Rams weren't performing the way they were last year, I mean, I could, I could see 49ers taking the top spot. But, I mean, the Rams were just rolling last year. And then – of course, you got Richard Sherman over there on defense. He's going to bring it every game. You know, you got Richard Sherman, Reuben Foster, another great defensive guy. Really plug up the middle of the defense for you. So, DeForest Buckner, I mean, they've got they've got people. They do. They've got people. Um, and again, now Garoppolo, he's been there for a full offseason to really work into the system. I and mean, we both know. Kyle Shanahan and what he's able to do with schemes yeah, exactly. and on that offensive side. Shanahan, of the ball. man, like that that hurt me, him leaving. I mean, he he made the Falcons offense great. So I think they'll be exciting. I could I could see them taking that number one spot, but just here before the season, I still have to go Rams and then 49ers. And then I'm going Seahawks third. I mean, you got Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. He's you know, good. Pete Carroll's still Pete to- Carroll. According to Jalen Ramsey, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's whatever. So, I mean, he's a, he's a mobile Drew Brees. So, I think the Seahawks are still – no, they're not what they were a few years ago. Legion of Boom is completely gone. There's been a lot of internal drama with the Seahawks too. But I just don't see the Cardinals overtaking them. Especially, I mean, you look at the Cardinals quarterback. I mean, their starter, Sam Bradford. This man has somehow made millions and millions of dollars and has somehow stayed in this league by doing nothing. <laughs> and, hey, more power to him. I mean, Sam Bradford, I, I got to give it up. He, I mean, like they say, he's got a, an amazing agent. Josh Rosen, of course, that's the big name. I think people are going to want to start seeing Josh Rosen yeah, after sooner rather than later, especially yeah. if Sam Bradford's struggling. But I don't know that Josh Rosen is going to be all that great either. So that that's really what's holding the Cardinals back to me is they just don't have that quarterback locked in, whereas at least on the Seahawks, you have Russell Wilson. Um, another guy, I mean, on the Cardinals, Larry Fitzgerald. It's, it's almost like looking at Calvin Johnson on the Lions and just, man, they were never able to really build around him and use that great talent. Larry Fitzgerald's a Hall of Fame player, and he's – like a stand-up guy he's a leader of the team and I just feel bad for him man like I wish he was on any other team 
come to Atlanta. <laughs> you know, like Larry Fitzgerald, he he's still going to get his. Yes. Either way. And then, I mean, you still got Patrick Peterson over there on the defensive side. Corey Peters. Kendichi mm-hmm. is over there. Buda Baker. <laughs> so, you know, but I just don't think the Cardinals quarterback situation is all that great. So, I got Cardinals fourth. Yeah, so, NFC West, we pretty much agree on that one. Yeah, we pretty much agree. There's a little flip-flop down in those bottom two spots, but they're both very close. So, I mean, that's our look at the NFC. Next week, we're definitely going to take a look at the AFC, and then it'll be time for football. So, that being said, let's wrap this thing up. It's time for last call all right last call we'd like to end the show on this it's a topic that me or evan we kind of flip back and forth we bring a story to light it can be a sports story political story even though we stay away from that just entertainment yeah entertainment any news well mine today is article came out kobe bryant six years ago he made a six million dollar investment in the body armor the Mm. sports drink i've never had it i've heard I saw this today. I've heard of it. He made a $6 million investment. And recently, Body Armor was bought by Coca-Cola. Yeah. So, his $6 million stake, reports are saying it's now worth $200 million. That's crazy. It It's crazy. That's you a good talk, investment. You talk about a come up. And his 2014 investment was Dear Basketball. He won an Oscar for that film. Yep. That short film. So... Hey, basketball might have stopped, but this guy's still making moves. Now, I agree. I mean, I'm sure he didn't see this $6 million turn into $200 million investing in body armor. But this is just the business out of sports. We talk about it all the time. When, when LeBron retires from the game, he's not going away. He's the most iconic sports figure in the world. Yeah. He's not going to go away. He's going to be around basketball. He's He already has his hand in so many different things, which is great. We talked about he just opened up the I Promise School. I know he he has stake in, I can't remember the name of the pizza company. Um, Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza. They're the fastest growing pizza chain in America. So it's just being smart with your money, the people close to you, giving you good advice on what to invest in. And hey, all all congrats to Kobe. I mean, I I think, to be honest, I think Magic Johnson kind of laid out the blueprint for all this. And we've kind of touched on this before. But, I mean, Magic Johnson is probably the most successful businessman yeah. after sports, other than Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan, I mean, his his Nike deal gave him so much money that he's able to invest in some different little things. Yeah. Not like Magic is struggling, but Magic has made some real business moves here since he retired. I mean, he opened up, he partnered with Starbucks. Yeah, he brought Starbucks like, to out of the all inner the companies, city. Yeah, like you wouldn't think... Oh, I'm an athlete, famous athlete. Let me let me invest in the Starbucks. Let's bring him to the inner city. To be honest, I think it goes magic, and then I gotta look at Shaq. Shaq, Shaq yes. has investments in everything: Krispy Kreme, the General. I mean, there there's so many things Shaq's involved in. Like I just drew a blank. Icy hot, icy hot. Yeah, <laughs> but those are just things he's doing endorsements for. Yeah. But I was reading somewhere. I mean, Shaq has investments in tons of businesses. To be honest, I don't think it's a mistake that these guys were talking about Magic, Shaq, Kobe, 
now LeBron have all been Lakers either. I think in L.A., they know you have you, you so can, much more opportunity. You can get the exposure. You think if Blake Griffin had been playing in Milwaukee, he would have been on commercials for those first like eight years of yeah, his I career? Yeah, because he was all over Kia for a while. Kia, Gamefly, yeah, like anything. He he was an actor, and he was able to exploit that. And I do think that's a big part of LeBron. Not to turn this into a LeBron story, but LeBron going to L.A. is now all of a sudden he's in L.A. He's doing Showtime specials, HBO specials. He has his production company. All these things he's able to get his hands on much easier being in L.A. that he probably wasn't able to do on the side in Ohio. Yeah, I mean, because we talked about it. LeBron has entered mogul status. So he's at that point now. It's because, I mean, I, I even question his basketball move going to the Lakers. Well, maybe it's, I think it's more than basketball. It's setting up that legacy that he's trying to leave behind. Yeah. Kind of like what Michael Jordan did. So, kind of short. Um, congrats to Kobe on that big, big come up. That's huge. That's so, huge. I mean, and I've actually had it. It takes money to make money. Body armor <laughs> is, is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah, I've, I've never had it. And I was reading it. I mean, basically, the whole thought process behind Coke is Gatorade, we know, is king of sports drinks. They have positioned themselves for decades to be the top of the list. Coke has had Powerade, which, again, I was reading today, Powerade has a stake in the market for sure, but Coke's never really been able to take it over. They've never been able, the way I was reading it, they've never been able to make Powerade cool. Like It's not cooler than yeah. Gatorade, you know? And I think, with from what I was reading, with their huge investment into body armor, that they're going to start putting a lot more of their marketing efforts on making body armor, you know, kind of the new cool mm-hmm. drink to replenish yourself after sports. They're kind of not, go- they're not going to focus on Powerade as much. So don't be surprised. I mean, if Kobe starts showing up in commercials. Oh yeah. I was just about to say, put Kobe in a commercial. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, to be honest, I mean, early two thousands, you thought of Kobe, you thought of Sprite. Yeah, I was just about to say that. And that that blew up. I mean, Sprite was a thing. And that, and now LeBron's with Sprite. Yeah. So, put these famous guys in. I mean, but, most famous guys in the world on there. And yeah. It's going to pay off. And Kobe's going to reap the reward. He's not only getting... It's not just, hey, here's a famous guy for this drink. Here's an investor for the drink. Making yeah, he believes great, in it. He, great return on he investment. He believes in it. He drinks it. Why shouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. So continue but yeah congrats Kobe yeah I mean that's pretty much all I have for the last call and that's gonna end my last call so everybody thank you for listening to the show I said this one was very football focused we got next week we're gonna touch on the AFC and then going into college football we're gonna touch on that a little bit looking at week one I know I'm ready for NFL season, especially. I kind of I love to hate on college football. I always think the early games are a little weak. But like KK said last week, this this year there's actually some really good college games early on. So we're definitely going to touch on those as well. KK, one more time, tell them where they can find us. First off, follow us on Twitter at Ballers on Tap. Find us on the Apple Podcast app, also at Ballers on Tap. And for the Android users, search us up on Stitcher. And also, you can always find us at our website, ballersontap.com.
com. All right. And that is our show. KK, any parting words? Speak now or forever. Hold your peace. Back home, I go by KK. I hit dingers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Shout out to the Little League World Series. Always entertaining. My name's Big Evan, and I hit dingers as well. And this has been Dollars on Tap. <laughs>